Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 86. Today, we're talking about how to stop yelling at your kids. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you are thriving, when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clarkfield's Mindfulness Mama Mentor. I coach overstressed moms on how to cultivate self-awareness in their daily lives and to take family and life to a new level of awakening. I've been practicing yoga and mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I'm the mom of two girls, ages 7 and 10. Thank you for so much for being here today, my friend. I am so glad you're here. This episode is an interview with Sheila McCraith, author of Yell Less, Love More, um, the, the creator of the Orange Rhino Challenge. And she uh, and her, her, her efforts to stop yelling for, I think she in the end she did it for something like 500 days straight, which is amazing. So she, we're going to talk all about how to stop yelling today. So I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so grateful for your presence here. Before we dive in, I want to thank Margaret GB and Amber Sue for the five-star reviews on iTunes. Thank you so, so much, you guys. I love what you wrote. It makes me feel so good to hear about that. It, Margaret says she especially loved the recent Mindful Mama Manifesto episode. I think that was 82 or 83. Um, and uh, she 
she felt that she started laughing because the whole point of the manifesto is to know that our feelings about feeling better okay and will happen so that's awesome thank you um thank you guys so much for those great itunes reviews i appreciate that yay we are going to be you're going to be learning a whole bunch of things like why your kids don't listen to you um <laughs> What is the parenting myth this that is holding you back and the truth that every pediatrician gets wrong and what punishment really teaches? And now on to this episode. Today I have with me Sheila McCraith and Sheila is a mother to four young boys and author of Yell Less, Love More, How the Orange Rhino Mom Stopped Yelling at Her Kids and How You Can Too. So thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast today, Sheila. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here because I I love your book because that is um, talking about yelling, yelling at your kids is something that that I talk about, I've talked about my anger and, and I feel like it's still, it's such a big taboo to talk about your anger as a mom. And it's so refreshing to see someone else who said, (laughs) yes, I get angry too. So, so thank you for, for being open and honest about your anger, Sheila. I mean, that's awesome. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, you, you nailed it. It is taboo. And that's like one of the biggest problems is I feel like if people can talk about what they're struggling with, then it becomes easier. And yet there's like not really a community or a comfort level talking about yelling at our kids, which everybody does, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you nailed, you nailed one of the biggest challenges right out the bat. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you, how did you tell, take us back? How did you get started? I mean, it probably had to do with when your first child started walking and talking, I imagine, but take us back. (laughs) How did you get started uh, with, with Um, your your work here? Yeah, it's, it's a fun story. Um, I had, so I had, I have four boys. I, I still do. My youngest was six months, which means my oldest was five and a half at the time. And I had corralled all of them into my bedroom. I shut the door. I had, you know, my little activity backpack set up for all the kids so that I could, um, use the pump and feed the baby and everything was quiet. And then the older three boys, which they really weren't even that much older, started finding the extra breast pump parts and had a huge war and battle and were loud. And it was just getting overly chaotic. And the baby had like settled down and um, I'm sorry, he, he was sleeping. Um, and I screamed and then I heard someone outside my bedroom door and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And it turned out that the handyman who'd been working in our house the whole time I was pregnant had heard me scream. And that just a light bulb went off like later that day. And in general, I'm like, wait a second, when this handyman was in my house for nine months when I was pregnant, raising three young children. I like barely yelled because I was so concerned about what he thought of me. And then he leaves and I'm like, Oh, I have no one watching me. And I went back to screaming and it's like, wait a second. I have these beautiful children who watch me every single minute and second. And they are my audience. They're not going anywhere. Um, and they deserve, they deserve better from me. You know, they deserve that. I try my best to not yell just like I did when I had the, um, the handyman. So that just made me decide to uh, give up yelling, to try to go an entire year straight without yelling at my four boys. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> my not- mom told me I was crazy. 
He's like, yeah, you're a little nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, four boys uh, under the age of five or five and under that's to, to it. That's a really ambitious goal. I have to say, <laughs> you know, it was. And one of the things I talk about in my book is, um, that's just my personality. I'm very much a cold, cold Turkey is how I can achieve things. You know, when I was decided to stop drinking diet Coke, I had to just go all or nothing. Um, so really committing to the, the no yelling, uh, you know, it worked for my personality, uh, but I didn't do it right out the bat. It definitely took me several tries of, you know, figuring out what are my triggers and getting support in place before I could really go what ended up being 520 days straight um, without yelling at them. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So how did you, when you made that decision, you, you know, the handyman was there. What were, what were some of the first things you did to, 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 uh, to make your realization come true? Um, the, the first true thing was just, was stating it. Um, I told my, um, my husband that I I'm going to do this goal. And that was, that was step one is, you know, really admitting it. Um, and then I told some friends as well. So I had public accountability, which worked out wonderful because I'd be, you know, about to lose it. And I'd run into someone in the grocery store. They're like, how's that challenge going? If not yelling, I'm like, okay, right. So it came back to the forefront of my mind. Um, and then in those first couple of weeks, I wrote down on post-it notes, everything, like when I thought I was going to yell, when I did yell, and I just started taking little notes. And that helped me to see um, some trends, if you will, for when um, I was yelling the most. And that set me on a path to, I guess you would say, problem solve um, those trigger moments. Mm -hmm. And that's something you do in your book is you ask people to track their triggers, right? And that can be kind of a scary thing to do, I imagine, for people. I imagine you have, uh, you know, you have to have a lot of self-awareness and a lot of, um, you have to have like maybe, I'm wondering, I guess I'm curious about what was like the internal monologue? Like, because sometimes when our inner critic is really uh-huh. strong and we, many people had to have, tend to have like a very, very harsh tone of voice with ourselves or, and we're very critical of ourselves. And that can actually make us less likely to grow and change because we're afraid yeah. of, having that inner critic blame and shame and, and feel those horrible feelings of the inner critic kind of tearing us down. Right. So I'm curious about, and do you remember what your inner dialogue was like at this time? Um, I do know that looking in the mirror was really hard. You know, Mm -hmm. like I remember some of those when I had a lot of like aha moments and one of the biggest ones, um, one moment is when I realized, wait a second, they're not the problem. I am, mm. you know, it's, it's not their behavior. It's, you know, pot calling the kettle black. I remember once my son was yelling at me. I'm like, please don't yell at me. It hurts my feelings. I'm like, oh my gosh, ouch. Because that's exactly what I'm doing, you know, to them. Um, I, if I did yell, like in the beginning, I'll tell you the exact reason why I couldn't succeed is because of exactly what you just said, how critical I was of myself. I would yell and then it would be like, you can't do this. What's wrong with you? Get it together. Just lots of criticism. And all that did was make me more anxious, which made me yell more. And it just keeps going negative. You know, you don't, you don't get anywhere with it. Just like, you know, kind of what you're saying. Um, but then when I started turning the corner, it was okay. One moment at a time, or you can do this, like a lot more positive self-talk, um, and encouraging myself. And it did, it did become a little bit, um, 
a little bit easier. Mm, cool, cool. So the, that's interesting to hear that the that you know I just had a conversation with Kristen Neff, who wrote the book Self Compassion and did all the research on self compassion, uh-huh. and she that was what she pointed out. You know, one thing she pointed out is that it actually you know our our um, our harshness to ourselves makes it harder for ourselves to, to change. And, and it's interesting to kind of hear you say that too, as well. So I want to go back to that idea that you realize that they aren't the problem that you are. And, and I think that's a, like such a beautiful, brave realization to have, but I don't think it, it, it takes some steps for us to get there. Right. Because we think generally we think like, if I can change the other person, (laughs) (laughs) if I can make my child just do what I want them to do, (laughs) all my problems are going to be solved. So you realize that that wasn't so, so walk us through that a little bit. Um, I, I don't remember how I got there, but it definitely took a lot of, a lot of probably experiencing, um, not succeeding, but this is the story I use to help people understand it is I remember breaking up with someone right before I met my husband. And I'm like, you know what? It's, it's not you, it's me. And it was a total lie, right? It had everything, (laughs) it had everything to do with him. Like it just wasn't what I wanted, but you know, we say that because it's, it's easier. And like with this, it's really the exact, you know, when I say it's not you, it's me. That's the total, you know, utter truth. Um, this morning was a really, really tough morning in Orange Rhino land. I have so many huge stressors on my plate that I can't, I can't make go away. And I was getting really crotchety with them. And I just stopped. I'm like, Sheila, the fact that they're dawdling, tying their shoes and you're getting annoyed is not because they're tying their shoes. It's because you are feeling anxious. You are tired. You are this, you are that. So that, you know, you take ownership of what you feel. Um, and it becomes a little easier to not yell. That said, it's really hard on some days when you are all of those things to be able to realize that's what's pushing you um, to yell. It's very, it's not easy. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, even even with all that self-awareness, even when you yeah. realize it, sometimes we still, it just happens because it, our brain, you know, like we, our neurons are wired so strongly together. Habits are so, so strong. And there may be habits that were formed when you were a kid and your parents yelled. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's very, it is very hard. The last few years. I always say to people like, yes, I'm the orange rhino, but I am still human. Um, that's why it's all about yelling less, um, and loving more because you are going to have slip ups. And I'll tell you the last, the last few years have been really hard, um, really hard on my family. And it's taken a lot of effort to be able to have, you know, as many yell freeze days, but, you know, I remind myself that it is a habit and, you know, we can get, we can get to better. And the more better moments you have that creates, um, it becomes a more natural response to have even more better moments and it keeps going and going. It's like learning to ride a bike. You, you never truly forget. So I like to tell people, if you have one bad day, you will get back on the bike and you'll be able to pedal and move forward and find yourself yelling less again. It is, it is a habit that everyone can, can achieve. So my husband's had hair thinning issues for years, for a long time. It's not something he'd love to have. And he's done some things for it, but recently started using Nutrafol. And oh my gosh, we have actually seen quite a difference. 
Did you know that for women, hair thinning happens in approximately one in two women? And if you're among them, I want you to know that you're definitely not alone. It's normal, but it's not openly talked about and going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. But you can join over one million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding, like my honey. Physician formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supplements support healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, including stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism as they evolve throughout a woman's life. And while many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol's women's hair growth supplement for six months. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automated deliveries to ensure you'll never miss a day. See results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code MINDFULPARENTING. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. Dot com promo code mindful parenting that's nutrafol.com promo code mindful parenting i want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out especially if you ever deal with any school system which you probably do is called understood explains this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert juliana ortube and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans also known as ieps And the season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. So when you made the goal to not yell completely for a year, did you did you think that you could, like, did part of you want to, like, achieve this sort of, like, perfection state? <laughs> You know, like part of you wanted Um, to be like, I'm never going to yell again and I'm going to make myself into that mama that I wanted to be, right? Um, That's a great question. I don't, I don't think so. I want to say that I knew I, I was, I was a very much a critic of myself when I started and I still am. I am my worst critic and that's my, you know, it's really difficult, but I do think I had enough grit gave myself enough grace to know that I might slip up and that would be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really did. I didn't want yelling in my life anymore. I, Mm -hmm. I, I don't want yelling in my life. It, um, 
I've seen kids be yelled at and it makes my own, like not my, you know, not my situation, but it makes my heart cringe. I saw some adults in my life yelling when I grew up and it made me cringe. I just, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that person. Um, I know how it feels to be yelled at. I've, you know, actually around the time that I started this challenge, I've been yelled at and chided and criticized by an adult and it felt awful. Um, so yeah, I did want it as much out of my life as, as possible. Yeah. 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 So tell us where, cause for people who are unfamiliar with the work, they're like, so what's the deal with the orange rhinos? <laughs> oh, I love this. This is all credit to my oldest son who is so wonderfully creative and sarcastic and funny. He, um, we had started, I had started the challenge loosely and I didn't even have the name yet. And I really wanted to come up with a symbol or something that could remind me of my, of my goal so that if I was stuck and I saw it around the house or like a mantra, it would get me back on track. And so one day I was just got all the kids buckled into the minivan, which I think we all know is a feat. And we were (laughs) kind of on time. And my son, my oldest son yelled in my face and I looked at him calmly and I'm like, dude, if I can't yell, what does that mean for you? He's like, well, I can't yell, but I can still pick my nose because he was picking his nose at that time. And I'm like, okay, that's actually really funny. So I Googled um, pick your nose and it came up with rhinoceros because, you know, and if you learn about rhinos. Um, wait, wait, wait. Why does Googling, wait, why does I had a, your nose? Why uh, does... Because people get, um, you get rhinoplasties, you get nose. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't have expected that. So um, rhinos are naturally calm animals that charge when provoked, mm. which was just profound. It could not be a more perfect symbol for my journey. Um, because I am, I have, we all have calm within. I, I would not describe myself at the start of this as a calm person. I am, there's some people you meet, like they are just calm. That's, that's not necessarily me, but I know I have it within me because there's times when I am really cool, calm and collected. Um, but when I'm provoked or triggered, I charge with my words you know, words hurt. We teach our children that, right? Words really can hurt. Um, so I decided I didn't want to be a gray rhino anymore, more, and I wanted something uplifting. So I chose the color orange, um, for like its determination and energy and a lot of just positive around it. And then the really cool thing, which a reader pointed out to me is if you put orange rhino into one word, anger is in the middle. Oh yeah, it is. Totally unintentional. Um, kind of cool though, because that's really a lot of what, you know, when we're yelling, a lot of it is anger, you know, I'm angry at myself or I'm angry at my husband, or I'm angry that this happened or that happened. Um, so a lot of the journey has been about, you know, managing my own anger. Mm. So, so what did, what are some of the, how did you learn to manage your anger? You dove into this challenge. You said, I'm not going to have this outlet of yelling that I used to have. So anger is an energy, right? That needs to be taken care of. There's, you know, there's stuff, there's beliefs, there's, you know, maybe hurts and wounds underneath that anger. There's all this stuff going on with that. So how did, what did you do with the energy of your anger? Um, I think I like, well, I'm not going to say I locked out. I've learned along the way that what I did, you know, it, it was part of what was working wasn't necessarily intentional. Um, you know, but so as I tracked my triggers, you know, I, 
I started learning trends about when I was yelling. Um, and I also, you know, kind of saw when I wasn't and that helped me realize, okay, exercise, like I need exercise. If I'm exercising, I'm, I'm in a better place. I need fresh air. I need X amount of sleep. I need to eat healthy. I need to drink water. And so actually all of those things I learned throughout the process really helped me to be in a good place. Um, so the anger wasn't fed, so to speak. Mm. Um, you know, I also, in the beginning, I just got really creative and almost, I did anything I could to not yell in the moment. And it turned out a lot of what I was doing was silly stuff. And people will read my book who don't know my story. And they're like, you're, you're just ridiculous. Like this is, (laughs) this is baloney, but the truth is laughter is powerful. Um, you know, Dr. Laura Markham talks about how it's a great way to connect with children. Um, so we did a lot of like laughing. I would, instead of screaming, you know, rah, I would just be like, ooga shmooga booga. So I'd still release. <laughs> you really do need to release. Yeah. That is, yelling does have, that it's, it's because you got to let something out. Um, so I'd say really funny words or, you know, um, exercise in the house, like jumping jacks. Um, anything that's like really, you know, good weight, like doing push-ups is a great thing to do singing um just a lot of different ways to kind of de de-stress my body mm, yeah yeah you've got this great picture of yourself doing push-ups in your book <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that's a really I was looking at some of those pictures um <laughs> pictures today you know and also I will say you know one of the other things is I was writing and writing mm-hmm. is a great way People are like, oh, you know, her book is a journal, but that journaling is proven to be a really powerful tool in um, just in managing emotions. And so by writing and having an outlet, it helped me process. I think my anger or any frustrations I was having were going into my blog instead of out to my children. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, it's it's really interesting because your story really points out. You know, I say all the time that like your self-care is not selfish. It's actually your responsibility. Yes. <laughs> you know? And yes. that and that people we we live under the weight of this stupid, you know, self-sacrificing mom idea and meme that really harms moms, it harms families because when we sacrifice our own needs, like your needs for exercise, fresh air, water, all those things, then it it you're crap for everybody else, right? Yes. It's it's yes. more really what you're you're talking about is this sort of learning that this is your responsibility to to take care of your own needs is a responsibility that you have, yeah. right? Yeah, it's um it's huge. I think one of my biggest one of my biggest challenges the last couple of years is that self-care has been incredibly difficult for lots of different reasons. And it's just all it's done is proven to me how important it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a recently single parent and self-care mm-hmm. has become a lot more difficult mm-hmm. and, um, it's needed, but that's also, you know, the upside is I think a lot of people hear the word self-care and we think big, right? Like, Oh, I need to maybe go get a massage or I need a night out. And I'm learning that self-care can be as simple as sitting in a, on my porch seat chair, like in the morning with a cup of hot coffee for a whopping minute. If I get a minute without a kid following me, that minute is self-care. Like it just took, it's taken me a little bit of, of creating, um, of creativity, blow drying my hair just so I can feel a little more humane. <laughs> um, that's self-care. It's, you know, you gotta, there's different ways to get it, but it's, it's necessary. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, it's a shame that it's, it's a shame, it's, it's a shame that it's so like, you know, it's the same shame that we're so unsupported in so many ways, like our, our family, you know, we're so separate in our, the way just our societies evolve that we're all like in our own individual little houses. And, you know, it's like back in the day, you'd be like, oh, here, go with this friend, go with this auntie who's sitting like three doors away from you and just, right. I'm going to go for a walk or whatever it is, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, there's so many, there's so many sort of issues wrapped up in that, but I want to, I want to kind of go back to your book and I, I'm curious about you, you had a very clear, um, very clear, like, uh, delineations of what was yelling and what was not yelling. So what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. So can you tell, tell us a little bit about these, uh, this, your challenge and, and the details of your challenge? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's like, well, what's a yell, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, which is a great question. Like a yell to me might not be a yell to someone else. But, you know, my basic point was, how did I feel afterwards? I pretty much knew when um, when I had yelled based on how I felt afterwards, how maybe like remorseful I felt if I was shaking afterwards. That was a dead, you know, like, yeah, that was a dead giveaway. Um, I like to call it the the raging scream in my book. Um you know, you know it. There's there's the nasty snap we all do, but then catch ourselves like, ah, oh, darn it. I'm like, okay, that might not be a yell. That's like a warning. You know, like, okay, gotta like take a step back. Um, but you know, it's interesting as I've gotten, you know, as time has passed and different, I get different views of the challenges. Children perceive a yell totally different than I do. Mm-hmm. You know, that snap to the child probably feels like a yell. Mm-hmm. You know, like simply using a, a tone. Maybe I'm not loud, but a really nasty tone achieves the same thing as yelling, you know, or your words. There's even if you're like, you know, talking like this and you say something really mean, guess what? That has the same negative impact as um, as yelling. Yeah, my my daughter, sometimes I'll, you know she'll be like, you yelled at me. I was like, no, I was <laughs> raising my voice. But I'm like, no, because it's interesting because when we start to be, go on this path of becoming sort of more um, more peaceful or more conscious in our parenting, and then our kids become, uh, you know, they become more sensitive to like the subtler variations. Right, of, right. You know? Yeah. And you're like, wait a second, you don't even know. That's not even <laughs> One, I said something to one son and the, um, the son replied and you yelled at me. And my other one chimed in. That wasn't a yell. That was just a very firm voice. (laughs) (laughs) So they kind of, they get the nuances, which is one of the other like benefits of the challenge, right? Is that I'm not always perfectly, but I'm teaching my children about how to treat people or, or how to respond if some, you know, um, how to respond or even not respond. Like I have screwed up. I have, you know, I'm not even gonna call it screwed up because I'm human. I have yelled and I've had the opportunity to turn around and apologize to my children and talk about it, which is great. You know, and they've seen me, what I'm like, I try to talk out loud, you know, like the other day, I really feel like I'm going to yell. I'm feeling blank, blank, blank and blank. So I'm going to blank. Um, You know, and I'm hoping that they can take from that, how, how to manage their own emotions a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, even your, I mean, your whole challenge taught them so much, right? It taught them that you can make 
big changes and you can, and you can get help and you can, you know, you can start to make shifts like that. But then also beyond your challenge, your, um, you know, your imperfection is a great lesson too, because it's hard. It's impossible to live up to perfection. Like no one, perfection is in reality, never good enough, right? Right. Like that's what perfection is. And so for you to, to, you know, be human and yell once in a while, but obviously having at this sort of reduced rate, I kind of think of you as like, kind of, there's like, prohibition and then there's post-prohibition, right? <laughs> right, right. right. And, and people actually do drink a lot less post-prohibition, right? right. Um, but like, yeah, like you're showing them, you know, that what to do when you're human and you get triggered and you reconnect. And, and that's, that's also a great lesson too. It doesn't, you don't have to be perfect and never yell to, to have, have kind of the same effect, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's neat. Actually I did, um, you know, one of my sons is, is struggling a lot right now. And so we have a kind of a, ch- a chart up to help him see that he's doing good throughout the day. Cause it's hard to notice that. And, um, I actually have little orange rhinos on, on paper clips, or I'm sorry, on uh, clothespins. So when he does something, I catch him being really nice because he doesn't necessarily see it. I move the orange rhino forward. And um, if he has maybe a little bit of a moody moment, we do a gray rhino, just moves, just kind of is on the board. I have one too. And the whole point is I'm proving to him, look, you, you might have had a bad moment, but look at all of the orange moments you've had, you know, to help him see that the goal is, um, you know, yelling less and loving more. Like one of my favorite images, I'm not sure it made it into the book, is a scale. And the whole idea is just to have one end of the scale really high with a lot of positive, loving memories. And the other, the other end is still going to have some not so good memories, but you just, you want to outweigh them with the good. That's, that's it. It's not about being perfect. It's just about where the balance lays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yes. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.
So what, uh, what did you, and I like that too, because you're kind of teaching them about their innate natural negativity bias and you're, you're pointing, you're giving them this incredible life skill, which is to like, actually, let's look at what is good, you know, and that's, you know, that's a practice that needs that, that isn't as easy as seeing what's bad because of our negativity bias. So that, that's really great. Um, so I, I was going to ask you, um, so other people joined you on the challenge, right? Cause you were doing this on your blog and it got a lot of traffic, et cetera. Like, tell us about that. Yeah, that was, I mean, the community, everyone needs a community. Um, and that was actually another reason why I was able to succeed is just having the support. But I blogged almost every day, I think for the full year. And I had a Facebook page and just encourage people to, to come along and try their own thing. Um, and, you know, going back to what we first talked about, I think the biggest benefit of me sharing was that I was, I was trying to make it no longer taboo. And I think other people were able to then turn around and be like, I'm going to try this at home. And they started talking about it with their friends. And I encouraged people. I said, if you're struggling and you're afraid to tell a friend, just, I guarantee if you tell a group of like, say five girlfriends or whatever, one person is going to be relieved and be like me too. And then you have a support person that you call when you're, you know, you're frustrated. Um, so I did, I shared, I shared online about, you know, what I was learning and then it, it kind of culminated. I wrote an article for Huffington post, um, 10 things I learned when I stopped yelling at my kids and that, that really resonated with a lot of people and it, it took off. And that I think encouraged even more people to look at themselves and say, wait a second, maybe I can, you know, yell less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you discover? What were your triggers? What were your biggest triggers that were, uh, you know, what, because really what you're pointing out is a a different way of saying like mindfulness, a different way of saying self-awareness, right? You're just really saying, how do I become aware of what, rather than being in it, how do I get a little perspective from it? So what did you discover? Sleep. I, I, everyone says it, it sounds cliche. Um, but it is absolutely true. Um, the days where I haven't been able to sleep well, those mornings are infinitely harder. Um, I'm operating on maybe a couple hours of sleep lately mm. and it's really, really hard. Um, clutter, which is a, something that I think a lot of people also resonated with. It just made me feel um, overwhelmed and even claustrophobic at times. So mm. that was something that I, you know, I'm like, okay, just five minutes a night. That's how I'm going to solve that problem. This just like tidying up um, noise. Uh, four boys turn out to be really loud, (laughs) really, really loud. Um, didn't realize how sensitive I was to noise until became a mom. Um, that's something that just gets me feeling irritable. You know, it just, it becomes a lot. Um, and then, you know, the other things are the unspoken things, um, that you don't realize are eating at you. You know, one of my steps in my book is accepting the things you can't change are probably are the big things you don't necessarily see that they're eating away at you inside, you know? So for some people, it might be, there's a, you know, they're having a silent fight with one of their friends. They don't realize how much it's bothering them. Or, you know, for me, I've been divorced a certain amount of time, but there's still pain from that. Right. And that kind of hangs around and it might not be present every day, but it's kind of, it's taking a part of your mind, which makes you cranky. Um, you know, so one of the steps is trying to figure out what is going, what is going on. What are those, what are those unseen triggers that aren't so obvious? 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting because when we're triggered, like, you know, our, our lower brain, right? Like in the sort of neuroscience of it, right? Like our lower brain actually ends up sort of cutting off access to that yep. thinking, thinking brain. Right. And, um, it, it, it helps makes it, makes it so we're very reactive. It's just evolutionary, right? This is yes. how we evolved. And so how did you, what, what was your strategy to become less reactive in those moments? You, you, or did you just like, what, what I'm getting from you is that you just like went cold Turkey and I'm just going to stop the yelling and you just, I, I'm really curious about that. Um, it, I mean, it truly was cold Turkey and I'm just going to try try to see what works and what sticks. You know, I find for me, reading a lot of information can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And then I get stuck trying to be like, oh, I should do this. I should do that. So I kind of just, I'm going to go clean slate and see what works. And, you know, one of the biggest things was talking to myself in my head, like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, I got this like in the morning, right? They're all screaming and it's chaos. And we just got to get to school on time. It's like, okay, you just have 30 minutes, 30 minutes. You can get through 30 minutes. Okay. You only have 10 minutes left. You got this, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of that, you know, like just breaking it, it down into smaller things. Um, you know, and the other thing that really helped is I made orange rhino signs for my boys. Cause again, going back to the idea that they are my audience. I mean, our children can sense our mood much more than we give them credit. You know, they are the front row seat of mommy starting to get cranky. They can probably sense it in my, my facial expressions or whatever you want to call it. So I made little orange rhino signs for them. And if they sensed I was starting to get cranky, they would hold it up, you know, um, which just brought to my attention. It just kind of, I want to say snapped me out of it, but helped me, you know, get to a more focused place. Um, I also gave them permission to say orange rhino to me, you know, just call, call it out, um, which again, helped me to focus on, you know, who I wanted to be in that moment. Wow. That's so cool. Your, your boys were like on the team. They were like, this is a good goal. that mom yeah, has. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, they totally embraced it. And some people have said to me, well, you know, is that, is that really the right move to give your children that kind of power? Did they abuse it or this or that? And I said, you know what, they might've tried it in the beginning, like maybe once or twice to just have fun with it. But then they, they really realized how how great it was that I wasn't yelling and it became a team effort. It wasn't just mom was trying to not yell as a, as a group, they were trying to support me, which I think is an awesome thing to teach our children and mm-hmm. showing that again, to your point, like I'm not perfect. It's that's great to show our children that we have emotions and we can talk about them. Awesome. Our kids, all boys and girls need to know that that's okay. So I think it was, I love that they were involved. I think it was a great learning lesson for them. Yeah, I th- I think so too. I, when I work with moms and and I invite people to talk to you know talk to people about your intentions, talk to people about your goals because talk to your kids about it because they'll they'll help you. You know, it's really great. You know, um, mommy, you're yelling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard not to snap at that moment. Like, oh, I know. You know, you just kind of want it, but it's. When you have this beautiful face that's like sweet looking at you, reminding you, it's like, right, I, I know what my goal is. It's right in front of me. Yeah. Um, and again, children are awesome. They'll follow you everywhere. So they are a constant reminder. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and that intention and you have the post-its and things like, so what do you, what do you, um, 
what do you take now sort of from that year? What, what do you take now as you're kind of in these sort of maintenance phase of orange rhino-ness? <laughs> um, so, you know, definitely self-care. Yeah. With, without, without a doubt. Um, you know, knowing that I need to take care of myself before I can take care of them the way I want to. Um, so I'm spending a lot of time, like that's a lot of where my focus is right now. How can I help myself be more relaxed under the high stress? How can I manage my stress more? Um, that's, that I would say is one thing. Um, you know, the, another one of the things is, is grace. You know, one of my friends taught me that concept is just being more kind and loving to myself. And if I'm having a crotchety moment or I'm starting to get towards going down the, the gray orange rhino land, just saying, Hey, you know, you can do this. And yes, you had a bad moment, but you have another opportunity tomorrow, or even you're going to have another opportunity in 30 minutes when you try to do homework with them. You know, kids give us a lot of opportunities to (laughs) practice not yelling. Um, So, you know, that's, that's another thing like tomorrow, tomorrow's a new day. Um, You know, I think that's, that's really important. So I just don't get stuck harping on myself because that just, it's not going to go anywhere. And then the other takeaway is the one, one, I underscore one upside to yelling is that it is a red flag that something's going on that needs attention in your life. Mm. And I know that if I've had a day where I really yelled, um, something's unresolved in me that I need to, I need to figure out and take care of, Mm. which is, it's stinky. You know, those moments, it's, it's really hard when you have like, I don't, I do not yell a lot. You know, again, I'm open that I'm, I am not flawless, you know, anymore. I did my, my straight days without yelling. And I think the beauty of that is knowing that I could not yell forced me to figure out how to not yell. Cause I had no, no escape. Um, so now that I've done that, I have more tools to get back on. If I, if I do find myself yelling, um, you know, so so it's, I, I'm not, I'm not perfect. And, you know, having to look at myself on the days and realizing that something's going on is really, it's hard. Um, but it's good because you, you know, you work it out and then you're in a better place than where you were. Yeah. Yeah. You're seeing, you're yelling as your teacher, right? It's yeah. it's teaching you something you're, there's a place to grow there. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. So Sheila, for people who are listening and they're like, Oh, I'm yelling too much. And I want to stop yelling. Where do you suggest people start? Um, I honestly, I would say my book and not just because I'm <laughs> not because I wrote it. I've, I have read my book numerous times in the last <laughs> couple of years. Um, and, and the reason I say it is it's, it's broken down into 30 days. So you don't have to do a bunch of it. You don't have to overwhelm yourself just to kind of one step at a time, but it walks you through, okay, here's how we're going to track our triggers. And there, there are some sheets in the back of the book that you can just kind of use as a starting point. Um, there's an orange rhino you can cut out and put on like popsicle sticks. Um, and also just a bunch of tips, but mostly it walks you through like the basic kind of framework that I ended up using to find myself yelling less. And the other thing is there are going back to about being honest and sharing. It's all, it's all stories that I think some, many of which you can find yourself relating to. So as you read it, you might feel a little less, uh, or you, you might feel a little more normal, like, okay, wait a second. I can, I can relate to that. It's not, maybe I'm not as bad as I thought. That's kind of another takeaway is I think 
like, oh my God, I'm this horrific yeller. It's like, wait, maybe I wasn't as bad as I thought, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But my book is a great, I think it's a great resource. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yell less, love more. Great book. So, so yeah. So go ahead and learn how to track your triggers and, and a lot of alternatives to yelling. And, and I love that the idea of the stories to inspire, because that is really one of the biggest things that we need is like, we need to remember in those moments, our common humanity, right? Like that you are not alone, (laughs) that in fact, there's so many that suffer in that same way, like suffer this, you know, because when we're yelling, we're suffering, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. We are, when we're yelling, we're, we're suffering it on some sort of some level, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to go through it alone. Yeah, absolutely. Yay. Yay. Cool. So, well, thank you so much for uh, talking today, Sheila. I really appreciate your, your work and your, uh, your voice and your honesty is so cool. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much for coming on to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I love your stuff. Thank you so much for listening to the Mindful Mama podcast today. I hope you loved Sheila. Her work is really great. Uh, The whole orange rhino thing sort of cracks me up. And I'm reminded that this work of becoming less reactive, this is really what we work on in mindful parenting, you know, because mindfulness is that number one tool. It's just been proven by research again and again to help us become less reactive. And we have tools uh like that and and um and i also encourage you to grab rachel's book yell less love more since it's really great and lovely if you have any questions about this episode you can email me at hunter at hunterclarkfields.com and i ask you to please subscribe and leave a rating to support the podcast. So you can do, you can leave a rating right on your phone actually by just, because if you listen on your phone, I listen on my phone and you just click on the podcast app, you search for Mindful Mama podcast, um, even if you're already subscribed and then it's, you click on ratings and then there's a spot right there where you can click on leave a rating right there on the phone. So I've gotten some new ones. Thank you so much. And then finally, I just want to remind you that coming up is the Mindful Parenting course will be open for registration just one week. Uh, we'll be just doing the live course on opening for registration on the 15th of October. And we are going to be doing before then with Mindful Parenting free live training from October um, 9th through 13th. And you're going to learn, you know, why your kids don't listen to you, you'll, you'll learn um, you'll learn what punishment really teaches and the parenting truth that every pediatrician gets wrong and the hidden myth that undermines your parenting. So, and then finally, I guess I will thank my dear loving husband, Bill, for the music, and I will wish you a beautiful week, my friend. I hope you have been, enjo- been enjoying the increased episodes. Let me know if you like it. Um, and uh, yeah. That's all for today, and I will talk to you real soon. Namaste. Are you frustrated with parenting? Do you want to practice conscious, compassionate parenting, but you don't know how? It's not easy, and there's no roadmap for this until now. 
I'm Hunter Clark Fields, creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I know how frustrating it is because I've been there. I really struggled as a young mom, and when I found myself yelling and triggered by my child, I knew there had to be a better way, and there is. Mindful parenting is really different from other parenting trainings. They don't tell you that all of their good advice is as good as useless when our internal stress response is triggered. Mindful Parenting teaches you research-based tools and practices to reduce your stress response so that you can respond rather than react. And it teaches you exactly what to say so that you can create willing cooperation from your child. You can learn more and enroll at mindfulparentingcourse.com and you can join us for a free live training from October 9th through 13th where you'll learn why your kids don't listen to you, what punishment really teaches, the parenting truth that every pediatrician gets wrong, and the powerful hidden myth that can undermine your parenting. I'll see you there. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was... Steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking